0: Welcome back to another episode of Manning Entrepreneurs, episode number 98. We are getting ever closer to episode 100, I'm so excited. And in this episode, I spoke with David Chapman, the founder of a leading NFT project, the Kusama Kings. The Kusama Kingdom or Kusama Kings is the highest grossing community-led project in the Polkadot ecosystem, offering holders private access to unique investment opportunities within Web3 startups. Now, if you've been following the podcast for a while, or if you're even new to the podcast, you should know that we haven't had any NFT projects on the podcast before. This is the very, very first one. And the reason behind it, why I I haven't had NFT projects on the podcast before, even though I'm in the NFT space myself, that's my day job, is that we don't... I feel like there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of toxic information out there. And I didn't want to give a platform to people that I didn't trust fully to be able to give information. But David, when I met him, he gave like he, he kind of won my trust immediately because he didn't he didn't come from the background himself he launched this project in order to achieve you know to solve an actual business problem and and that's exactly what we talk about and so in this episode we cover how David decided to launch an NFT project not coming from a web3 background himself where he was a qualified accountant before so very very different background and secondly why NFTs were the best vehicle to achieve the ambition of improving accessibility to investing in crypto web3 startups on a community Level and lastly, how he grew the community to a massive level where it was just himself at the beginning with little strategy before launch. And we talk about all of that stuff now. Quickly, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you are listening from before, then thank you so much for listening. We did spike um, in the charts in Poland recently. We reached, I think, top 100 uh, in Apple in the business charts, and then like top 50 in the entrepreneurship charts, which is which is like a bit crazy to be fair. So if you're from Poland, shout out to you. Welcome to the podcast. If you are new, please do subscribe and rate the podcast. Our podcast, Spotify, everywhere. You do not want to miss episode number 100. I filmed that um actually didn't film it i recorded it a few days ago and you definitely do not want to miss it in the future we are going to be doing more like in-person filmed podcast interviews so if you are looking forward to that sort of thing just message me on instagram saying like yeah this is the sort of thing you want and we can do more of them in the future so without further ado let's jump in hey david how are you
1: hey yeah very good thanks 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 for having me fan of the show
0: my pleasure it's so great to have you on the podcast it's a it's a space that we haven't actually explored before i know i was mentioning it to you before we hit record but yeah nft's web3 crypto like we've obviously it's in the news a lot i'm in the space myself but yeah i think the reason why i was really attracted to what you guys are building is because you individually you're still fairly new to the space, and also you you weren't in the in the space like you weren't working in it for that long. You've only kind of been working it recently. So I guess yeah. What's what's been your experience so far?
1: Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. So in terms of NFTs, like I was very very new. Um, our project launched 10, 10 months ago, um, and I'd only been looking at NFTs before that for about two months. Um, I'd never really bought any NFTs, um, but I'd been in crypto since. 2017 um that was the big bull and bear market then left it for a couple years then came back into covid um but in terms of yeah nfts i just i found them super hard as an investor to try and value them um and from that i decided from a completely i have a background in traditional finance so i was trying to trying to value things and even with cryptos it's hard but with nfts it was even harder so then i was tried to come up with one myself where I was like, this could be structured in a way where it's way easier to value. You can kind of see where it's going in terms of utility. There's clear, there's a clear mint path. Um, there's clear levels of rarity, um, and stuff like that. And that kind of, kind of gave me the confidence for lack of a better word to, to, to launch one with, I had no real business doing, um, so yeah, it's been, a, it's been a bit of a whirlwind to be honest.
0: But it was very interesting is that you don't come from a development background whatsoever. So you didn't develop like a smart contract, you didn't develop like a bit, uh, you didn't develop like a software product that focuses around this sort of technology. You can't, you come from an accountancy background.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I come from an accountancy background. And it was just like one of those things that I kind of fell into after uni because I didn't know what I, what I wanted to do. And it was just that classic, oh, I'll just go get qualified as an accountant, join the big four. Which looks great at the time you're just like oh yeah this is this is great but i had no business being an accountant i was i was not a very good accountant it just didn't really fit me but and i was promised like once you get an accounting qualification world your oyster you can get whatever job you want And that was definitely not true because i qualified as an accountant and i was like okay now let's go do something cool and it was like no you can't you're an accountant i was like oh damn (laughs) so then then i kind of got in a bit of a rut because i was like okay well I'll try and find something, but then next thing you know, another two years has passed and you're like, okay, now I've been an accountant for five years and then COVID hits and I was like, oh God. So then through COVID kind of just went all in on crypto and was just like researching it my whole time. Could not, wasn't in an office environment anymore, so I could just have one computer on crypto, one computer on my day job and then just started like building a network within crypto um, all over the place. And Yeah, so from a development point of view, I didn't have it, but through that, I learned about the Polkadot ecosystem, which is a bit more niche, especially in NFTs. Um, And so through the Polkadot ecosystem, I was able to, there's a, basically, it's almost like in simple terms, there's a website that allows you to mint NFTs without knowing how to mint an NFT. And I was like, then I was like, okay, well, this is, now we're talking. Um, And basically, I, I went on there and I was like okay well this is pretty easy for me to do I just need an artist Um, but the the thing I would say is as well it's about knowing your market with these things because like I said the Polkadot ecosystem is very niche so if I was to go out to the Ethereum network and try and launch an NFT what chance would I have like a one-man band like these guys have huge marketing budgets famous artists sophisticated software and like little old me would just like be like, okay, here's my ten thousand ape derivative and like you just wouldn't sell. So I knew that going into a niche market would favor me because there's you can just easily capture more market share. But at the same time, you need to know that market because if I launched 10,000 apes on Polkadot, there's only, there was only 5,000 active wallets in the NFT space of Polkadot. So I'd have to make every single person buy two of them to be able to mint out so that's why i kind of structured it in a way and that's where i think like it's a lot of times it's like was was this luck or was it skill or was it what but it's i think it's a mix of all of those things because we made the collection at only 110 and went for like higher price higher price nfts um with a much lower mint and minted them one by one um and auctioned them on twitter so that allowed us to build the community over time i didn't have to rely on this one day in time of building up to a mint a mint date and being like right i need to mint out today it was i could grow that community over time and it also works well for the collector because you they can gain trust in you and you can add utility and deliver things as the 20 week ours was 20 weeks the mint goes on so it also puts us on on check because we need to keep that community engaged and we need to continue to be marketing to bring more people into the community um so that's that's kind of how it worked out for us um, and, and worked out quite well.
0: What was the the turning point in, I guess, like COVID, as you said? So you spent a lot of time at home, obviously, as we all did, um, like, I guess, working from home. So you had one laptop on your job and one laptop on, like, the crypto market. But, like, what was the turning point for you to start educating yourself about NFTs and sort of thinking there was a, a wider sort of, pl- like, place for you to play in it? Yeah, I think it's,
1: like, everything with in this space it, it like big headlines come at you constantly whether it's someone's just made like 10 million on a coin or someone's 100x their money and in last last summer is when you started seeing real big news with nfts and especially being like tuned into the space like i was i was in discords and i was on telegrams and i was on news things every day like it's pretty much all i did like i'm a very all or nothing person um, so then you're seeing all these NFT project launched, punks just sold for 10 million. I'm like, what the hell is going? Well, I remember when crypto punks launched in 2017, I was like, what the hell is that? And they were free; you could just go on and claim them. So, like, I mean, that, that was wild. So then they're selling for 10 million. I'm like, okay, like something is happening here. So then it was just a case of trying to educate myself, and the way I kind of made NFTs click for me in my mind, because, and even now trying to explain them to people, even my mum. My mum's like, I honestly don't know what you do like uh yeah so i the thing that got it for me was like, imagine being able to own the rights to the or the intellectual property to a beatles track and being able to trade that and it and it's earning you royalties so i could easily phone to phone like sell you the rights to yellow submarine by the beatles and now it's on your phone you're accruing the royalties of radios playing it and stuff and then you could easily pass it on to someone else like the amount of legal documentation and process that it would take to get the Beatles song now would be impossible. But with an NFT, bang, it's simple. And I think things like that, at the moment, people are obviously just focusing on art projects, mainly gaming, of course, as well. But I think that will make up a very small part of the overall market share of NFTs within 10 years. It will be things like property, legal rights, music IP, intellectual property, all these things is where NFTs have unbelievable use case so now, like any, any um, infant market, you're just seeing people experimenting and doing the easiest things possible, which is just making a profile picture or doing this or doing that in very simple terms. But from that is what's going to come, I think, a very mm. disruptive industry.
0: David said the ambition behind the Kusama Kings was to get financing to Web3 companies and crypto startups in a much more accessible way where individual people can invest in them. A bit like a a Cedars, but within the Web3 and crypto space. So that was his ambition, but I wanted to ask him why he decided to launch an NFT project specifically and not solve this problem of financing of startups and companies being too centralized and not open to everyone with nfts and not another way and yeah we talk about that now
1: i mean i think a few a few reasons is one i was i was in a career at a real low last summer where i was just like i i don't really see a way. i remember speaking to a recruiter and i was like look i really need to get out of like accounting and he was like you don't really have many options at this stage you've been in it seven years and i was like oh jesus so I think out of like almost then, it's like almost fight or flight mode. And I was just like, I need to find something that I can do. And like always been fairly entrepreneurial in terms of try to get into property, try to do like certain apps and like nothing ever really stuck. Um, and I obviously had this good crypto knowledge. I had a, a pretty decent base and network within the crypto space now. And then after realizing how easy it was to potentially mint these NFTs, and then I had the idea for the utility for my NFTs to kind of be almost like a decentralized venture capital fund where it allowed the holders access to certain private rounds or seed rounds of new crypto projects launching. And for, to like put that in layman's terms, it's almost like, like CrowdCube or when you do crowd loans online and projects need to raise money. They go to the community and they raise it and then you get the private equity and then Hopefully in five years they list or they do another round and you can exit. Whereas in crypto, a project will go around, raise a bunch of money and it will launch within like a month. And in the bull market, a lot of those times it would 10, 20, 30 X. So that was a really compelling use case for these things because retail or a normal one person guy wouldn't be allowed to enter those sort of deals because you're adding no value to the project. It's reserved for like big time venture capitals who have connections everywhere. So to be able to, build a brand that I could approach projects with that I could, we could crowdsource together as a community who held the NFTs to then provide, to provide like a much bigger investment to these people while giving them a bootstrap community that they can help promote. It became a much more compelling thing. So that was in in my mind when I launched it. I didn't actually tell anyone about that until about a month in because I wanted to get the first deal and I had to build a reputation to be able to do it first. So we started selling them without that. that was kind of my point earlier of adding the utility over time and surprising people and it then rewards the people who bought them at the start because obviously then naturally raises the price when you're adding this these bits of utility and it gives you credibility as a as a founder because then people trust you because it's like okay he, he's just work working behind the scenes and like developing this project even though he sold some of them and he's got more to sell so that was kind of the, the method there but in terms of in terms of when we launched like from For me, having the idea, when I did, I was on holiday with my girlfriend and just saw this picture in in a random church in Kyrgyzstan that her mum took us to. And I was like, oh, that would make a pretty cool NFT. Went on this trip thinking, like, I need to get out of my job and I need to think of something. And I'd seen the NFT things kick off. I knew how easy it was to mint them now. But I still had no real business launching one. And then I just saw this this picture, and I sent it to my cousin who's an artist, and I was like, "Just can you just draw me a cartoon version of this?" And from sending that message to launching it, it was only two weeks, so didn't have that much didn't have that much time to strategize or think about things. It just kind of had two weeks just smashed it out and just
0: drew up this plan, and then just went 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 for it, and then grew it over time. For the business idea though, David. So this is this is what I really liked about your sort of. I guess uh, ideology with this because it's not just an NFT you launch and then like it's it's a cash grab I guess it's more sort of the use case of using the, the 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 underlying technology of like once you own this asset then you get invited to like invest in like I guess seed and and other startups that are in the crypto space I guess is as exactly what you said like it's a similar process to CrowdCube or Cedars but in the crypto space, as with any other business, did you see like like Crowdcube and Seeders as potential competitors of what you're trying to build? Like, did you did you think about that?
1: No, not at all, because one, the, well, one in crypto, and there's, in crypto, you have similar things called launch pads, where you would buy a crypto token that they've released and you'd have to, I mean, in the bull market, you'd probably have to spend 20 grand and you'd stake it with them. And then that would get you, allocations to project launching but the allocations would be maybe like $200, $100 so really small amounts and you're also exposed to this highly volatile cryptocurrency of course you're, you buy an NFT you're also exposed to the price movement on that um, so that's that was kind of already around but obviously those allocations were very small and those things would just pump out so many projects it would be like, like you'd be sometimes it'd be three a week it's like well, oh god like and at some point, points, and that was a great strategy. I had a mate who did that and it, it went nuts. Like one, he put in $200, or went to 200 grand. Like some of those things were crazy, but that's, few, few, that's a lottery ticket. So ours is trying to be a bit more methodical, give people higher allocation of tickets. They can choose how much they want to put in, but also try and as a group, look at these projects together as a community, decide what we want to invest in. And we're getting smarter and growing together. Um, as you do, and the markets change, like you can't find a project now where you, well, pretty much nothing will launch now at $200 and go to 200K, right? It's just not market like. There's no liquidity is drying up, so you have to adapt and prepare yourself for the next, the next bull run. But back to your question in terms of competition, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. It's just a completely different market, and I'm sure one day, in the future, there will be much more platforms like that web two pivoting into these sort of things but when you're in these infant infant markets it allows you to gain market share and and capitalize on those things
0: so the do they so the holders of your entities the kings the kusama kings would get access to i guess exclusive access to investing in these early stage crypto projects
1: yeah essentially yeah and obviously other vcs will be on the, the, the in the investment round as well but where our aim would be to just get um a ticket of however much and then allow people to enter if they wish you don't have to enter you can enter as little or as much as you would like up to up to a point um and yeah just kind of trying to decentralize the whole venture capital nature because in the crypto space then like vcs just rule rule the world because basically it's it's just it's just the wild west so you go around all these projects coming up to launch and i'm sure a lot of people listening to the know that a lot of crypto is a scam 99 of them will probably go to zero so you've got projects who know it's so easy to go to the market and fundraise like i've listened to some of your podcasts about people trying to fundraise and how hard. in crypto you could go out and get three million dollars overnight probably like it's not that hard because there's so many vcs who know that they can get in early and unlike private equity where it would take you x amount of years to realize it they can raise three million dollars release a tiny supply of the token to the market um, and then launch it and it will just if you've got enough marketing and hype b- behind you that tiny bit of supply gets bought with a load of liquidity and the price just shoots up and a load of retail buyers are buying it and then all these vcs are just selling into that they've made they've made all their money back and then some in one day and then they've got like 90% left vesting over two years that they can just sell gradually or they don't even care, they can go to zero. They've already made 10x their money. So the system is is like, it's just wild. So VCs just run the, run the world.
0: That's why as well, like when it comes to, so I guess a bit more behind the scenes for people listening. Um, that's why a lot of VCs when it comes to NFT or, or crypto, uh, no, just Web3 companies in general, like any sort of Web3 company, a lot of the time they do ask them to launch a coin even if a coin isn't really central to their business model. So that's why you see a lot of like, I guess this is like one one sort of drop in the ocean, really like a small part of it of the overall crypto market, I would say. But it's why you get a lot of like coins that don't really represent much. But I, I, my suspicion is their backers, their VC or angels or whatever have kind of pushed them to launch a coin because a very easy way to make ROI almost instantly, as what you just said, my company, MyNFC, we, we didn't launch a coin. And I know in the fundraising, it was sort of pe- people were asking for that. So yeah, I completely agree with you.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky it's a tricky one. And I think now we're going into the bear market. It's definitely, as 100% not as easy for VCs to do that. And projects now are, are struggling a bit more to raise. But I mean, six, eight months ago, it was just nuts. I remember like speaking to some projects and there'd be like some guys who had developed a Web2 Gaming app once. On like facebook and they literally came with like a pitch deck of this game exact same game but they're like okay now we're launching it on blockchain and we've got a token and we're asking for eight million dollars to to raise with a valuation of 50 million dollars and i'm telling you people were giving them money and i'm like this is just a, this is just ridiculous yeah, And i'd ask them a question they didn't even know the answer to some like very basic like blockchain or crypto questions they're obviously just here about this because gaming went nuts, like gaming and metaverse narrative went crazy. So anyone who'd ever built a mobile app was coming around with a pitch deck, like scribbled out Facebook mo- Facebook app and just put like
0: Web three, like, yeah, yeah Web
1: three, and dropped a token and just trying to raise eight million dollars. And like it's just crazy. It was crazy. But luckily, that's getting flushed out. Yeah, openly. I was gonna
0: say like for context, like right now, because the market's not that great, those sort of projects are not around anymore. So like, <laughs> it's quite annoying because those sort of things give the overall market a fairly bad name. So like, oh, it's just a cash grab. They're just doing it for money. And to be fair, like I won't argue with you. A lot of them are doing it for money because there's a lot of liquidity. There's a lot of like not very intelligent money sw- like swimming about, especially in bull markets. But anyway, back to, back to like you and what you're doing with Kusama Kings. When you launched, was there, so you said it was like two weeks between actually creating the artwork to actually launching. Was there a plan there? Like, was there any sort of like marketing strategy? Like, was there anything behind that? Yeah,
1: I mean, in terms of strategy, I mean, I basically came up with it um, in that two weeks. And like, obviously I'll come from an account, accountancy background, traditional finance background. I've never done marketing, but I mean, I've always fancied myself as like a bit of a salesman. Like, I honestly think I should have gone into sales or into some sort of marketing role, but I had no qualifications or I'd never done it before, but... I kind of just tried to tap into tap into that and just come up with a strategy. And like the first the first one, I was like, okay, I'll just do a giveaway on Twitter. So it was like new NFT launching giveaway, and that tweet just went pretty viral, especially for our space. And I was like, oh god, that worked pretty well. Here we go. Um, so then, yeah, I gave that away, and then we like launched the first four. And obviously, it was all about that like I said before, knowing my market, knowing that. Just doing only 110 of these things would create scarcity, and if I was just drip feeding them over 10-20 weeks, then that also creates, and then it can create FOMO because I created this private Discord group, and you have to hold an NFT to get in, and then I'm putting it on Twitter like, and I called it like the Great Hall, and then I was like, okay, first members in the Great Hall, and just trying to create that FOMO about it, because people want to be part of something, especially in crypto. It's like, oh, this new cool club starting, like I want to get in, and that sort of stuff, and I really wanted to try and capture like, not like the private members club thing, but to try and get that that element of people wanting to be in something that they're not. Because even in regular life, right, people want to be a part of something, whether it's supporting a football team, being part of a gym, being part of a community is just so intertwined in our DNA and trying to take that online and create that, which Board Eight kind of did a really good job of. For those who don't know, that's like probably the most successful crypto NFT project ever. Trying to create that club, but there's ten thousand of them. That's a pretty big club. Um, so ours, like being the football with the kings, it was only 110, then queens another 110. Mm-hmm. That's a really exclusive club, especially in our like small little ecosystem. So trying to trying to create that element of it was kind of the core to my marketing strategy, and then adding the investment side of things and all that side of things came later but was always something i'd been thinking of
0: yeah i was gonna say david was it quite difficult and this is very much like a standard uh, business strategy question like not, not not web3 specific but was it very was it difficult growing that sort of because essentially you've got the utility side of getting access to these different startups right different crypto startups and then you also have the people who are like investing the money so you have like those two sides was it fairly difficult, would you say, to sell the NFT with that sort of utility of you get access to these startups without actually having any startups at the beginning? Because again, like they are dependent on the other side. You see what I mean? So was it quite difficult to grow that, especially in the NFT space where people a lot of a lot of people don't really know about it?
1: Yeah, so that's why I didn't announce I didn't announce that until I'd got what like i had agreed with us with a startup that okay we're going to do this, and then that's when I announced to the community and to the public that that's. That's on my roadmap. That's like part of what I want to do here. That's why I never wanted to overpromise and underdeliver. That was one of my core things, which I think a lot of a lot of NFT projects will leave this this extensive roadmap before they mint and be like, we're going to create the, the ne- we're going to create the next metaverse. And it's like, well, there's no guarantee. So that's why I never announced anything before it was secured because I just want it and because I was doing a mint over time, I I didn't just have this one day where I could just be like, I'm going to do X Y Z and all this stuff, please mint on this day and then I'll do it later because that's super high risk as an investor. So I would always just rely on me doing one thing and then people being like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. That came out of nowhere. So then they'd buy and then maybe do another thing a bit later and release that news once I knew it was possible to do it. Uh, So yeah, like after, after being allowing people to access the deals with their own cash, almost towards the end of the project, we announced that we're gonna release like a mutual fund of $110,000 that we will put, and the, all the holders of the NFTs vote for a council, five people, and we invest that on behalf of everyone and try and grow that into a into a big fund that then will then will pay out cash for free to holders. I can't say dividend because then it'd be a security, but you're allowed. The way we structured it legally, you're allowed to just give out free cash because we just put that money up ourselves. Um, so just trying to do things like that and reward the community and give back to the people who have. Created this with us, right? It wasn't, it's not just me and it's not just my cousin who drew the art. It's those early people who got in there and started creating that community with us. They're your best marketers. It, like in the NFT space, me going into your DMs being like, oh, I just created this really cool project. Come buy it. You're going to be like, no, no, i go- Oh, you must get ten, 10 of those a day. But if I get loads a, of those, well. or yeah, if a guy you <laughs> respect on Twitter who hasn't started it goes, oh, mate, I just joined this. This is really sick. You should get in. You're going to be like, okay, you'll start listening. So, I've also worked out like the people who own them are my best marketers over me after after a point so that part of it was just was just great with the people we got in at the start I mean
0: I, f- I feel like any market that's confusing or I guess scammy or any sort of like difficulty to educate people in the mouth worked especially well in those sort of industries and that's why word of mouth works pretty much I, it's the best it's the best marketing uh, tool i would say in the crypto and nft space word of mouth just because of how confusing the space is i, w- I would argue so if you if it's someone that you trust that's kind of shorthand for like okay they, they must have done a lot of research into this i trust them so i'm gonna do a, do my own research obviously and then get into it as well um if i like if i like the look of it um but yeah, so that's why I think it does especially well, and I think you definitely worked it out fairly early. Of like your your initial user base is the is the, is the marketing channel. I think as well, like in answer to my my original question, where where it was like those two sides, how did you balance them out? I liked how you it was the transparency element that really worked well with them. It was like you had one startup, you just sign up, and then you put them on the roadmap of like we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this in the future. I think that transparency element. Really must have worked really nicely right
1: yeah, exactly it's just all that's all you can do, and especially like you said in this space you it so much relies on like word of mouth and people being trustworthy and and delivering on what they're saying, which doesn't happen a lot of the time like it's it's crazy, especially in the n f t space like the amount of scams you see is is just nuts, so I was also very conscious going even to be fair, even when I launched ten months ago, it wasn't at the level it is now like now over the last six months the amount of scale. you see people raising like i saw one like it was like 70 million dollars they raised and they were like we're going to release and the, the roadmap was insane it looked great and everyone was like oh this is me and then they released these nfts and it was like I, there was like a meme because it like looked unbelievable in the in the original art and then they released it it was like this pixelated monster and everyone was like what and then like the team just went quiet and it's like like what the hell how can people even get away with this but, it's a very blur it's a very blurry space that's why people have to be you have to be really careful um and it comes down to that's why like you said like speaking to people you trust who are already in is 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 an asset because then you can rely on someone else um and look and looking at projects that are doing like we're very unique in the way we did it and doing a mint over time like not many people do that it's normally just one day and you go all in um But if you can find projects like that then you can see like what's happened and what's what's been going on and what have they delivered on and okay like they're still here they're still shipping and even though ours is going to end this week um like we're still we still got the funds below them and stuff to keep building and still work still work on it's not as if okay we've minted see ya good luck guys do you know what i mean like it's we've built the foundation to work as a community to grow something special beyond the actual mint and you've got to look for things like that because profile pictures just aren't going to hold value like the originals crypto punks and board apes like they they have they have historic value now in a way right they're they're almost like a souvenir of crypto and that that has value in itself it's perceived value and that's that's a massive part of the bu-
0: it's like a relic of the actual market as a whole so that's where the value comes from for sure Dave, david final question before we before we wrap up for anyone that's like thinking about launching an NFT project or wants to just educate themselves more on it, what would you recommend as someone that's not a developer?
1: Not a developer, yeah. That's, I feel like you just need to really get into, find, I mean, if you're into crypto, just find a blockchain or whatever crypto you're investing in space and just try and start asking people about NFTs. I mean, for us, the Polkadot ecosystem is very easy to do it from a, from a, like, almost beginners, like stabilizers on version. So people can definitely reach out to me and I can I can help. And that's something we may look to do at the, at the fund I work at, um, do sort of like NFT consultancy for people to help them get started. And then they can kind of advance. Then once you start knowing more developers in the space, you can maybe get a bit more advanced. But all the, the beauty of this thing is all you have to have is an idea. And I'm like the perfect example of that, of coming from an accountancy finance background, like what business do I have being creative, making NFTs, but it's possible and you just need the right people around you and, and a bit of advice and, and, and you can do it. And I would, zip literally most of the time there's a zero cost game. Like when my cousin said, when I asked her to draw, I was like, but what, like, what's it going to cost us? I was like, nothing. Like, it literally cost you three cents to mint these things. And then it's just our time. So I would definitely think if anyone has any sort of vague idea or wants to, then, please reach out to me after, after you listen to this and I'm happy to like point people in the right direction.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, David. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. So yeah, you said that people can contact you. How, how else can people stay in touch with you and Kusama Kings going forward?
1: Yeah, either either LinkedIn, David David Chapman, or um, if you look at me on Twitter, it will be at Kusama Kings.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. And I'm sure we'll chat very soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, man thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Millennium entrepreneur it's such a pleasure recording episodes like this with david and i hope you enjoyed if you did it would mean the world if you could leave a five-star written review on our podcast on spotify just helps the podcast get out there also hit that subscribe button because you do not want to miss episode number 100 probably one of the best episodes i've ever recorded and i mean it, it should be right it's like episode number 100 it's a pretty big deal so you do not want to miss that incredibly inspiring uh, person that i interviewed i don't want to give too much away so make sure you hit that subscribe button thank you so much for listening again and i'll catch you in the next one